Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Few stores have made an impact on retail, fashion, and culture as much as Union. And for the past 30 years, it's been a mainstay of Los Angeles and streetwear. Since 2010, owner Chris Gibbs has been navigating the store through triumph after triumph and silently through cosigns and incubation helped launch many of the brands we all obsess over. Remember when that brand showed up at Union or when the only place to buy that brand was at Union? That's Chris Gibbs, the sky-high taste level we all continue to learn from. So here we are, 30 years of Union LA. What's next? The man with the plan, and sometimes without one, the legend Chris Gibbs returns to Blamo to share his ideas for the next 30 years of Union and what he'll never change. It's Blamo Extra, and Chris Gibbs is back. What's What's been happening with you? Because, like, COVID hit, and, I mean, things went nuts, but now you guys are like this triumphant phoenix rising from the ashes 30 <laughs> years, like... Yeah. Um, since we last spoke, a lot has happened. So much so I can't even remember half of it. But <laughs> I'll say, um, do we even have the Tokyo store open when we spoke last? I, I think, think you were in the process of doing it. Um, yeah. Well, we'll fast forward to COVID, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think when COVID hit, it hit at a really interesting, it's funny um, I'm in, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but it's been what, you know, I'm in a really good place right now. And what's the most, what's the best way to word this? I'll, I'll just say, I think we have taken the challenge of COVID, the pandemic, um, civil unrest, and really tried to step up to the plate. And to date, I'm happy with kind of how we've, we've met that challenge. Yeah, we limped into 2020. Um, we had had we had had some just logistical growth pains um, over the last couple of years, 2018, 2019. And so, funny enough, we had planned to do a major reset with how we do business in 2020. Okay. <laughs> so, for us, some of the repositioning we had to do and some of the kind of fixes we were already doing them it's really weird so we hmm. came to, you know some of the things we ended up having to kind of change how we do business we had already started that up not knowing there was a pandemic coming but knowing we were already like not optimizing our business mm-hmm. and i think i sat with my accountant one day you know six months before that and i was like I don't care if we don't make any money, but I got to stop losing money. So let's make these like austerity measures like now kind of thing. So those ended up being a precursor to kind of our plan. Um, full transparency, 
a big part of our plan was the huge release of the Jordan 4s that was going to come in September. So in March, we were like, our plan was, let's tread water. How can we, how much can we afford to lose and not lay off anyone? Mm. Um, until we get to September where we felt pretty good about the launch, being able to kind of wash all sins. think, And also thinking that in September, whatever this weird little pandemic thing is going to be over, right? <laughs> Um, and then basically from September through December recalibrate and in January have a new plan. Right. Emic's gone things out, you know, the shoe launches out the way we made all these fixes and come January, we're pretty good. So the, now that was the plan. This, there was legitimate fear of like, can, can we even tread water? Mm. How can we not do layoffs? Were you uh, able to get that the PPP or any of that stuff? We were, which definitely, definitely, definitely helped. That's great. Um, and then there was a whole thing of that, like how can, how long can we tread water until we get know that we're getting the PPP? Right. I think it came down to like days where it's like my accountant was like, okay, like, you know, you've got to start thinking about who you may have to lay off or whatever. Um, and I was like, let's just, I think I even pushed it past two weeks past. And then we finally did get the PPP, which helped kind of pivot us for another three months. And then was kind of the, 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 and then got us to the ramp up to the Jordan launch, which, you know, full transparency really kind of helped us survive, um, 2020, um, and, and full transparency made 2020 from a fiscal point of view, our best year ever. And then yeah. in combination with the fiscal thing, the the issues, I think for me, it was like instigated by the pandemic, but the pandemic really put a, like a, a, a light, a highlight lit, like, you know, you know, the African-American community and kind of the discrepancies and the the challenges that were kind of sparked by, um, the murder of George Floyd, but, you know, obviously it's something that we've all, we've talked about and we've been living, you know, I'm African-American, so I've been living it my whole life. So it really made us, it was a wake up call in a different way because, you know, my wife and I, I think sat there and were like, even pre George Floyd and just like with the pandemic and seeing that like the black community wasn't really getting the support and help that it needed, we were like, damn, like nobody cares. So we got to, no one's going to help us. You know, um, I might be, I'm 46. So I maybe should have known this 45 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean, but I didn't. So we really realized we're, we're not going to get any help. So we got to try and help ourselves. We're a humble little boutique, menswear boutique in, you know, in, 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 on La Brea. Uh, we can't help the whole world. So let's just help who we can and let's try and put some programs together to help some companies and, and, and businesses that are struggling, like, you know, however we can. And so that's, that was, that ended up being something that really, I wouldn't say it started because it's always been a part of our business or part of our creed, I don't know, our creed or, or whatever manifesto, whatever, mm-hmm. but it really, we really dove in head first. Um, so not only were was 
did it end up being like a good fiscal year for us, but it was also like a really good year for us to really extend our community hand. Um, and so, yeah, it ended up being good. And it's funny, the two, I wouldn't call it the two financial crashes that I've lived through as an adult, one being the 29 or 10 recession mm-hmm. um, and the other being this pandemic. And I, I, I recognize and I'm almost worried to say this out loud, but I recognize the privilege when I say this have been two huge growth moments for me personally. Uh, 2010, the recession of 2010 made it so the business was doing so bad that the previous owners basically allowed me to buy the business. So in 2010, because of that recession, that made uh, it so that I could buy Union. I had worked there since uh, 96, but I was able to buy it in 2010. And then obviously this pandemic here has really helped us, I don't know, project our business on a, on a global scale. Um, anyway. Yeah. We haven't really before outside of a, a very niche customer. Yeah, because like Union in and in, in of itself, and this is some of the stuff that like I am sorry for the amount of like pressure that's just thrown on you at all times because Union is basically a barometer for an entire industry, for streetwear, for retail, for a new way of doing retail in terms of like, like you guys, be, you know, were always a, a shop and a shop that had good stuff, but like you kind of accidentally or purposely, whatever, but like turned into this like cultural institution. And in the sense, like what is happening with Union truly reflects where every other store wants to be. But more importantly, with where people like, like need to be and should be. And it's just like, and I and I'm not like trying to like throw a bunch of like weight on you, but like that is gargantuan and huge. And like when you think about like Neiman Marcus or Bergdorf, which are incredible shops and places, and you know, but like because there's a machine behind it, right? Like you can't really nitpick it or anything. But like Union is Chris Gibbs, like <laughs> you know, and obviously Beffy, your wife, like you know. Yeah, she's a huge part of it too. I mean, not not belittling her in any way, shape, or form, but like what you all have done for the industry as a whole made a lot of other stores like, oh wait, yo, Union's hanging in there. Okay, I think I can do this. All right, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna, you know, damn, like Union, Union got it. Okay, all right, I think I can keep going. And like <laughs> that, that's a big deal. Uh, I never thought about it that way. I mean, I do. I you know, I'm not blind. Um, I don't want to sound conceited, uh, but I do recognize and, and, and I've been aware for some time kind of where we're leading, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's culturally or in kind of fashion wise, like, you know, whatever, leading the direction of what's cool and hip and fashion and, and so on and so forth. So I'm aware of that. And I didn't know that, like, <laughs> I don't, I'll take your word for it. I didn't know people were like, Oh, I want to see if Union can make it, and if they can, maybe I can. But that's that's um, I don't know. That's that's uplifting to hear. That's inspiring to hear. Um, I have multiple buddies who run retail stores, and they were like basically like keeping a close eye on that. Where it's like, oh, if Union's able to keep going, like if there's, and also it gives people the encouragement 
to be more than a store. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like you guys, sure, you're a store, but like it's a vibe. Like people are coming there to just like hang out, learn from each other. You, you're, you're like this like freaking Voltaire coffee house that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, what I think what's happened, I mean, I don't even think it's a pandemic. I think pandemic is actually irrelevant to this statement I'm about to say. But I do think we've been going down this path where it's feast or famine. Mm. You're either in it for a big thing of cash. <laughs> you know, you found this business and, you know, people want to buy whatever you're selling um, for, you know, or you're in it for this cultural experience that you're offering. And my point of view is... Want to hear the rest? Join us over on Patreon. You'll hear this episode in tons more exclusive pods from the return of Sid Mashburn, Michael Hill of Drake's, the Sartorialist, and more and more and more. You get access to our private members-only Slack group where we chat about menswear and everything. Visit patreon.com forward slash blamo and we'll see you there.